0: Support for NPR and the following message come from Netflix's Contoto. Presenting Brown Love, a new podcast that aims to bring together the best and brightest of Latino Hollywood to get real about the industry and all the things Latinx communities are talking about on your timeline. Each week, the show features a roundtable of Latino actors, including Diane Guerrero from Orange is the New Black and Jessica Marie Garcia from On My Block. New episodes of Brown Love drop every Tuesday. Subscribe now where you listen to podcasts.
1: From NPR and Futuro Media, it's Latino USA. I'm Maria Hinojosa. Today, a group of young reporters talk about gentrification in their neighborhood and what happens when a new Netflix show is set in their backyard. In late February, a new show launched on Netflix. It's a series centered around the Morales family. They're Mexican-American, and they live in the Los Angeles neighborhood of Boyle Heights.
0: We've been giving you free burritos for years, man. Call it even. Yo cante por esos tacos. Nobody
2: asked you to snap.
0: You ain't gente, bro.
1: There's the three cousins, Ana, who's a Chicana artist dreaming of painting her murals around the world.
2: In five years, oh God, I see so much. I see...
0: I see murals, like, my murals on the walls of, like, the Bay, East Harlem, maybe even Tokyo one day.
1: There's Chris, who recently moved back to the neighborhood after attending college in Idaho. He's an aspiring chef with huge ambitions of attending culinary school in Paris.
0: All I'm saying is that maybe if you fancy things up a bit, you could compete with the changing economy.
2: Okay, okay. Mr. Wall Street, where's your two-piece suit, huh?
0: It's in Idaho with my potatoes.
1: There's Eric who works at the family restaurant, is a book nerd and who is rooted in his community.
2: Do you have any other books I can borrow?
0: Seriously? Yeah, hold on. I see what we got. We have the autobiography of Malcolm
3: X.
4: Never too soon to read that.
1: And there's Pops, who's the grandfather and the patriarch of the family, who's struggling to keep his taco shop open while rent keeps on rising. You haven't paid rent. You pay rent. I pay rent. Not all of it. You breach your lease. I'm well within my right to evict you. The show is called Gentified. And that name is a blend of two words. Gente, which means people in Spanish. And in this case, Latino people. And gentrified. And if you're thinking, oh, it's gentrification by Latinos. Well, yeah, you're on the right path. It refers to upwardly mobile Latinos and Latinas who return to their old neighborhoods, often with the idea of investing time and money in them. But even this form of gentrification is complicated and can often lead to displacement. The term gentrification was actually coined in Boyle Heights, where the show takes place. The neighborhood is east of downtown LA and it's predominantly working class and Latino. It's been in the spotlight over the past few years because the community has banded together to resist well-known forms of gentrification. And Hentified isn't the first TV show to feature the Boyle Heights community. In 2018, a show titled Vida on the cable network Stars was launched, and it's also set in Boyle Heights. Much like Gentified, Vida tackles storylines about young Latinos and Latinas returning to their neighborhoods, gentrification, and how the community is fighting back.
0: We want us to continue our conversation about the new coffee shop on 3rd. We have to make a move before they open to make real impact. The owners, a raza, the gente. Doesn't matter. They can be gente and they can be from the neighborhood. They're still displacing.
1: And even though the shows are helping to fill a much-needed void of Latinos on television, some residents have mixed feelings about both TV shows. We wanted to know what the community thinks of their representation. So we reached out to the Boyle Heights Beat, which is a bilingual community news outlet produced by youth reporters and we handed them the microphone. Since 2010, the Boyle Heights Beat has kept a finger on the pulse of the neighborhood, reporting on everything from local politics to health equality, and of course, they had their own take on the show, Hintified. In this conversation, you'll hear from high school seniors and Boyle Heights Beat reporters Andy Garcia, Noemi Pedraza, and Olivia Teferlak. And leading the conversation is Boyle Heights Beat alum, Carmen Gonzalez. And now, take it away, Carmen.
3: So we're all here to talk about Boyle Heights and how it's been represented in the media. Olivia, I know you binge watched Hentified the first weekend it came out. What did you think of it?
4: Initially, I was kind of on the fence about it. I watched the first two episodes that the actual like premiere that they had in Boyle Heights. Personally, I liked how they didn't just make a show about Boyle Heights and then didn't add any visual effects that was about Boyle Heights. Like they had Mariachi Plaza. They showed actual streets in Boyle Heights. So I thought that was very interesting. Noemi and Andy, did y'all also
3: binge watch the show? What did y'all think?
5: Like Olivia said, I had some hesitations about it. I was scared that they would portray Boyle Heights as, like, the typical, like, Latino, like, stereotypes. But after seeing some of the episodes, I thought they did an okay job uh, with representation. Um,
2: Well, when I was watching the show, because I also binge-watched it the first weekend, what I really liked about it, it was, like, discussing how gentrification, there's, like, a very fine line between trying to better your community. But at the same time, it's kind of like, are you pushing out your own community? Are you displacing them in a sense? It's very interesting. I think it's a good topic to explore.
3: I mean, yeah, the topic of gentrification is something that Boyle Heights has
4: been in the national spotlight for. Olivia, what were your thoughts? I think just gentrification in general has like a very like it hits like a soft spot for me because I personally have been affected by gentrification. And even when I was watching it with my mom, we both were very hesitant to just watch it at all because it was still kind of, eh, like I don't really want to watch a show that's going to like glorify the wrong message. So I thought it was very interesting the way they kind of presented gentrification. I feel like it wasn't like too in my face. It wasn't like that was the only topic they talked about throughout the whole show. I felt like, yeah, the show's about them trying to save their restaurant, right? But it wasn't just like, I'm gonna make this about how everything's sad and how everything is gonna go wrong. They did show like highs and lows of like the community, but I don't know if it was exactly like accurate, but I don't know what y'all think.
2: What I thought about the gentrification side of the show was it was very like how I said before, it was like beautification and how it explores that fine line, but it also discussed about first-gen and second-gen. One of the good characters, Chris, he tries to, like, feel more connected with his community.
1: Hey,
0: game, girls, Ooh, didn't catch it. you oh, watch the game and suddenly yeah. I'm not Mexican? Sí, relax, bro.
2: It shows that just because you have Mexican descent doesn't mean that you're more in touch with Mexican culture. Because you may know about the stuff, but you might be considered a coconut or something
3: like that. What is a coconut, Andy?
2: (laughs) You're brown on the outside and you're white on the inside. I feel like I'm more of like, because I'm Latino también, but I feel like I'm more... um,
4: Americanized.
2: Yeah, Americanized. And because in my community, it's mostly like Mexican culture, but I'm more of, I'm a Salvadorian, like full-on Salvadorian. And it just feels like at times I am the coconut or like, well, I'm not even a coconut piece, I'm not that dark. But I'm more like a peeled, um a peeled, uh, potato. But <laughs> I just feel like um <laughs> I just feel like at times I could be like disconnected piece of my Salvadorian culture.
5: I kinda of just wanted to add on to like what Andy was talking about. When your parents are like immigrants and like they came here to the country. It's just different because you can't really relate to like your Mexican side because maybe you have an accent or maybe some of the culture isn't something that you necessarily grew up with and you can't necessarily relate to like the American side because you're still considered to be Mexican whether um, that be like some aspects of your culture or even like just the color of your skin and then as the generations go on like I feel like it's harder and harder to connect to one side or the other I feel like that show kind of just gives like a small glance of like how it does get harder and harder amongst the generations to like just connect back to your culture
4: yeah i felt that a lot when i was watching it because i'm not a first gen and neither is my mom or my grandma we've been here for like a while so it feels really weird to like kind of in a way connect to chris's character but like not all the way I thought something that was really interesting how they were saying that he was like, oh, you're a sellout because he just wanted to like better himself. Why you got to go all the way to freaking Paris to be a chef?
0: What, I'm going to bag Michelin stars some boil Heinz? Please.
4: Never mind. I forgot you and your daddy like to run off to foreign lands to assimilate. Like that's just a thing that white people can do and how it's kind of like, hey, I want to do big things with my life, not just because, how come I can't do it just because I'm brown? Why do I have this other thing kind of like holding me back because this big responsibility that I have but also how like how come my own family can't like support what I'm doing without identifying with the gentrifiers or identifying with whatever they were calling him do you know how they were like they're like like, he's like a sellout or whatever so I just felt like kind of weird with that Chris character like saying like how come we can't take on roles that we don't see them we, we don't see ourselves in media being portrayed as like we don't see ourselves being a chef we don't see ourselves being portrayed I don't know as something other than just being like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys know what I'm saying, but yeah. Kind of
5: being successful. Like the yeah, idea yeah. of being successful success. isn't something that like a brown person can do. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's kind of like been portrayed. Although I agree with, with what y'all are
3: saying, especially the the hardships that different generations go through, I think... Um, to kind of be the devil's advocate, people have labeled folks that leave communities, especially like Boyle Heights and like South LA and like Inglewood. When they leave um, and they experience different things, they come back with this idea of saving the community without realizing that there's life still goes on. Like life still went on without them. Um, so I think what a lot of folks want is for people to stay and, like, be with the community as they go through these hardships. But, like, okay,
2: Peeves, like, I understand where the sellout concept comes from. Like, oh, you're leaving your community to do better stuff. But, like, how they portray it, like, if you leave your community, you're doing something bad Mm -hmm. because you want to better yourself. But then how do you better yourself in your own community? You get me? Boy Heights, there's... A lot of resources, but at the same time, they're so, like, limited. And, like, sometimes you do have to go outside of your community and all that. But that doesn't mean you're selling out your community.
1: Coming up on Latino USA, our Boyle Heights Beat Roundtable continues. Stay with us. No te vayas.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp, a truly affordable online counseling service. Fill out a questionnaire online and get matched with a licensed counselor best suited to your mental health needs. Whether it's depression, anxiety, or trauma, BetterHelp will help you overcome what stands in the way of your happiness. Learn more at BetterHelp.com and get 10% off your first month with promo code LATINO. BetterHelp. Get help anytime, anywhere. All that data collection. They have the last 10 years of your movements. It can have real life consequences.
4: And if you have that much information, that information is going to be misused. I'm Manush Zamarodi, and who decides what's right or wrong in our digital world? That's next time on the TED Radio Hour from NPR. Subscribe or listen now.
1: We're back. We're going to jump straight back into our conversation with the Boyle Heights beat. Carmen Gonzalez, our moderator for today, is going to take it from here.
3: Andy and Noemi, you were actually on the set of Hentified reporting for the Boyle Heights beat. And you were there for one of the big scenes that has to do with gentrification and more specifically with hentification. But first, can you explain what hentification is?
2: So hentification is a process of more successful people that come they leave their community and they come back and then they try to beautify their community and they at times displace their own people from their own community. And it's still like kind of hard to like still stay in the loop, I guess, of like still trying to get income, still trying to have a business, but not displacing or like harming your own community.
3: Can you give an example, Andy?
2: Yeah, I could use the show's example that like, well, I feel like it's very dramatized in the show, but like they get their rent increased by their tenants, so then they have to comply to gentrifying their own place, and they raise up the prices, they change their menu. Uh well,
0: you have got your watermelon radish carne asada. You know, you look like a vegan barbecue and roast kind of guy. Try the masala Morales, <laughs> the best.
2: Just um to keep up with the economy, and they lose their regular customers.
0: We already raised the prices. Our regulars won't pay more. You see, you're losing us business. We need new clientele.
2: They begin to lose a part of Boyle Heights
3: that they had in. Noemi. What was it like being on set and talking to the cast of the show?
5: I thought it was really cool. Just talking to the cast, the cast um, were so open to talking to us, especially uh, being from Boyle Heights and uh, just being uh, two young reporters. One of the cast members, Annie
3: Gonzalez, who played East L.A. college professor Lydia in the show, is actually from East L.A. In the article you wrote titled, Hentified a Love Letter to Boyle Heights, you reported that Annie said that she believes they are doing a good job at
5: representing. What else did Annie say about that? She also mentioned that like she didn't really like the idea that like you come in and you try to make everything better, like to fit your needs instead of like the needs of the community. That's kind of like her definition of gentrification. The idea that that a certain community comes into like a community that's living on its own and tries to make it better so it accommodates the new community's needs.
3: This gets us into our next topic, authenticity. Olivia, what did you think about the stories and characters?
4: I thought they're interesting. I thought that some were very authentic and real. Like the story about Anna's mom.
0: Breaks in two hours. Back to work. But why? It's not worthy. Look, if I let you go, then everyone's going to want to go whenever they want. I'm not going to discuss this. Go back to work.
4: And how, like, she was had very poor working conditions. Or how the mariachi, he had to move out to um, Bakersfield.
0: 2500 Uh, My last apartment was only $800, and that was a two-bedroom. Even with these new gigs I have, I I can't afford that.
4: I know a lot of people that their family actually, like, lives in Bakersfield, or they live, like, somewhere out there. And they had to move because of, obviously, like, gentrification. So I thought that was pretty real.
3: Uh, Olivia, you had some thoughts about a specific character. Can you kind of dissect Jessica's character in the show?
4: Yes. Jessica. Where do we start with her? I'm just kidding. <laughs> where um, do we start? Where do we start with her? So she is an Afro-Latina character. The fight to
3: keep Boyle Heights for ourselves is real, and we need to come strong. Preach.
4: And I thought that was really cool, because I'm Afro-Latina, I identify as Afro-Latina. And it was really interesting to kind of see that on TV or on Netflix, because I feel like that's very rare, especially in shows where... I guess there's a lot of Latino cast members. Like, I don't really see Afro-Latinas being represented a lot. And she was also queer and she was in relationship with Anna. And I also kind of, like, thought that was, like, really awesome. Like, yes, we have, like, a queer Afro-Latina. Like, she's here to represent. And I was, like, really excited. And I kind of just, I just felt really disappointed, like, as the show went on. Because they kind of portrayed her as, like, the angry Black woman in the show and how... She was like this like radical protester, but it was like it was so like not realistic. Like it was so dramatized to the point where it felt like it was being forced down your throat, especially in episode nine with the protest tacos. That episode where she had to like protest against her girlfriend's family's restaurant. And like she really didn't need to do that. Like, I don't know, like they I feel like they wrote it so they can put her in uncomfortable situations on purpose. And I didn't like how that sat with me.
3: And I think something the Afro-Latino Twitter brought up and we can speak on is like this idea that Jessica's character is just tied to Anna. Uh, And Jessica is always serving and serving and serving a very huge stereotype for Black women uh, that they can only exist as givers and not really like receivers. Why do you think even Latinx media plays into these stereotypes? And as you mentioned, why do you think there's a lack of Afro-Latinos in media?
4: I just think that there's so much like stereotypes and prejudices within the Latinx community itself that there aren't enough um, Black writers in the room. There's not enough Afro-Latinos in the room, you know, like to help write these narratives and make these narratives come true on screen. We can't act like Cantified is the only Latinx
3: show to kind of get attention. Viva shook us all with the representation and the diversity it had within the show what other storyline slash representation do you want to see
4: olivia i think it would just be cool to see like just brown characters just like living their lives you know like we don't want to hear sob stories anymore of course it's important to like have more people aware of our struggles and the actual struggles that are happening but like i also just want to see people like living their lives like i want to see a comedy like just like that has that's full of brown characters full of diversity like it's just really cool just just the fact that you get to see yourself on screen someone that looks like you someone that talks like you like i just think is like amazing and i feel like we need more stuff like that to that point
3: olivia I agree with you. Brown and Black people live their lives outside of trauma, too. I might be going through hardships financially. I don't know how I'm going to pay college next semester, but I'm still going to party this weekend. Like, yeah, those things can exist and coexist together. It's not like my life doesn't surround trauma all the time. But media seems to not care enough to show that dynamic or to show that complexity or they just maybe don't know. Andy you were gonna say something yeah um I want to see more um
2: brown disabled people because like I don't Go period off. like period. period no because like I haven't seen like no brown disabled people or even like that much representation on queer and disabled it's not it's not there like or if it is it's like oh there it's just white characters like there are brown disabled and queer people just like show it already like we already need it like I feel like that is like one of the like my top priorities that the media needs to like showcase that.
5: Noemi? I'm not really sure um just because it's a hard question for me to answer um just because like I feel like if you ask more for something eventually that might become the stereotype. A growing stereotype is like that smart Latina who like was able to get out of the community, who was able to be successful. I feel like that's one of the stereotypes that is starting to come up. So, I, so that's kind of like something that I don't really know how to answer just because like the more it's represented in the media, the more it might become a stereotype.
3: I agree with you, Rami. You know mean? I mean, it's great to see smart, intelligent Latinas being represented, but that puts us Latinas that are barely getting by into this unreachable standard. But hopefully next season, if they get another season, Hentified gets to bring these these storylines to life. And also hopefully we get more Brown and Black writers in the rooms to tell these stories with complexity and with The reality that we deserve. We kind of talked at the beginning about this idea of leaving the community. You all are seniors and choosing your schools. Do you think this stereotype of leaving and then coming back and kind of being shamed or othered is influencing your decision? to go to college? Andy? Um, I don't think so. Like, it's not a factor that, like,
2: oh, I'm going to leave my community and um, that's why I want to leave. It's just, like, whatever opportunity is given to me, I'm going to take it. And, um... Well, that kind of sounds, like, really selfish. <laughs> but, uh, no, like, I don't see it as, like, oh, if I do come back or when I come back, I'm going to, um... change my community i'm gonna want to make it how i want it to be like no because it's it's still its own community like i'm not going to try to change it just for my benefit
4: yeah i agree but i don't know i always felt like this weird really big like pressure to kind of like leave the community from people that even in the community they're like oh, like you shouldn't leave because like you should like always like, you know, support your family and stuff. But there's always like no one really talks about this really big voice that's like, no, like you need to go out there. Like you need to see what's beyond your community. Like you need to go travel. You should do this. And I always felt like that really stuck with me. So I applied to a lot of schools that aren't in L.A., like just in L.A. in general. Um, I know Noemi, she's going out of state. So like I just feel like that really big pressure. But I always have this really big fear that when I come when I do come back or if I do come back, I don't even know where I'm gonna to go to college. Like, let's be honest. We're still waiting for acceptances. Yeah. But like I always feel this I feel really scared that when I do come back, it's gonna be completely different or it's gonna be completely gentrified or whatever like I missed when I was gone or if I if I do leave. But at the same time and it's like, I wanna go to Paris, dude. Like, you know, like
5: I, I wanna like live my life. So Um, I guess kind of adding on to like what Olivia said, I feel like growing up, there's this idea that like, oh yeah, you have to get out of the community in order to be successful, in order to do better for your family, you have to leave. So I'm going out of state for uh, college. It's a little, it's like a small town in Pennsylvania, mainly white population. I guess also adding to what Olivia was saying, I'm kind of nervous on what's going to happen while I'm gone, like uh, just going to the university and then coming back and seeing how much uh, my community has changed. I hope after college I'm able to bring change in my community. But something I'm scared about is kind of forgetting my roots and just thinking I'm bringing change when in reality I'm doing something to hurt the community. That's something I'm scared of.
1: That was Boyle Heights Beat reporters Andy Garcia, Noemi Pedraza, and Olivia Tiferlak. The moderator today was Carmen Gonzalez, and I want to thank all of you for your insightful words. This episode was produced by Janice Yamoka and edited by Luis Trelles. The Latino USA team includes Miguel Macias, Sofia Palisacar, Antonia Serejido, Alisa Escarce, and Alejandra Salazar, with help from Joanne De Luna. Our engineers are Stephanie LeBeau and Julia Caruso. Additional engineering this week by Leah Shaw. Our production manager is Natalia Fidelholtz. Our digital editor is Amanda Alcántara. Our interns are Julia Inés Esparza and Julia Rocha. Our theme music was composed by Zenia Rubinos. If you like the music you heard on this episode, stop by latinousa.org and check out our weekly Spotify playlist. I'm your host and executive producer, Maria Hinojosa. Join us again on our next episode. And in the meantime, look for us on all of your social media. I'll see you there. Ciao.
4: Latino USA is made possible in part by The Annie E. Casey Foundation creates a brighter future for the nation's children by strengthening families, building greater economic opportunity, and transforming communities. California Endowment, building a strong state by improving the health of all Californians. And funding for Latino USA's coverage of a culture of health is made possible in part by a grant from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation.
2: See you next time on the Boy
1: Hides Beat Podcast. (laughs)
4: <laughs> Yay. This is fun. I want to do ASMR.
1: I'm Maria Hinojosa. Next time on Latino USA, the new coronavirus is changing the way we live and interact around the world. We talk about the impact the pandemic is having on the most vulnerable members of society.
0: I think about our undocumented communities who before this pandemic occurred were already living in fear.
1: That's next time on Latino USA.